0: It was kind of like, oh, you know, sitting in my hotel room by myself, just like, fuck, like, I, think I think I'm done kind of thing. Like, it would, yeah, it, would, uh, it was the first time I think I've ever said that to myself was in Mexico and I was like, yep, I think this is it.
1: This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. Big hello to all of you good humans out there. Welcome back to Good Humans Podcast, a place for you to be inspired and hopefully realize that life is about getting out there and chasing big things. If you're new to the podcast, a big thank you. It is great to have you here. I hope you enjoy today's episode. If you do enjoy it, please go back through the catalog. There is so many incredible stories that will leave you absolutely in awe and speechless of the lives that these guests have had and their vulnerability in sharing it. So you, the listener, can learn from their experience. If you are coming back, a big thank you. It is great to see this podcast growing every single week. We're absolutely crushing the numbers. If you are enjoying it, please, please do me a huge favor. Tell your friends about it. Send me a message on Instagram. Let me know which episodes you like. I want this to be a big community. I want everyone to be involved with this. I want you to recommend guests that you want to have on, and I want you to all check out the 1% Good podcast as well. If you are enjoying it, please click that five-star rating, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, and yeah, share it around. It is so special to know that people are enjoying these conversations. On to today's episode, Conor O'Leary. Oh my God, what a legend. Conor's been one of my greatest friends traveling the world as a professional surfer for many, many years. He had an interesting upbringing, grew up in Cronulla and had such an awesome family life. His mum's a professional surfer. He's a professional surfer and the thing that I really loved about this chat was the way that Connor broke down the idea that he was never the best growing up and it's a good story for people out there who aren't quite at the top where they want to be yet, but Connor breaks down the importance of sticking at it and really pushing yourself every single day, not getting disheartened when you get not getting the results that you're hoping for and really persevering. We speak a little bit about our incredible time that we've had overseas. Last year we went on a trip over to Europe, America, Hawaii and France together, spent four months together and had some of the best times of our lives. We called it the Good Times Tour and I'm sure you guys will hear from this podcast how much of a good time we had. All right, let's jump into it. Welcome to Good Humans Podcast, Conor O'Leary. Finally, mate. Mate, hey. finally. It's been too long. I know. It's good to catch up anyway. It's has yeah, it been nice to have a little chat because you've been on the road pretty busy the last couple months and yeah we spent the back end of last year together and it's going to be nice to catch up on what you've been up to but more so talk about your story a little bit so how you been?
0: Yeah I've been good like you said it's it's been hectic like it's kind of been nonstop since like January last year Um, you know we did the Challenger Series together and yeah the turnaround from that to the start of the tour was like two weeks and um, yeah just kind of been just pushing along and Trying to make a couple of heats and, yeah, it's been all right.
1: <laughs> busy, busy. How's the mind after going through like back-to-back-to-back to back to back tours right now from like going on tour, falling off onto the Challenger and then straight back on to CT? Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely taxing. Like it, you definitely need to kind of take, you know,
0: I took those two weeks at home when I got home to kind of really just reflect on what had, ha- had happened and what mm. is going to happen and kind of, yeah, I guess it's just kind of accepting what did happen and then also accepting what's going to happen mm-hmm. um, is something that I feel like made me less kind of mentally drained yeah. and more kind of ready. And um, I think the back in the last year, I think we were just having so much fun that it kind of, yeah, it didn't make it, don't feel as serious as what it was. And um, yeah, I feel like that whole back in the last year made me, you know, where I am today just because it was just just made me kind of think of the simpler things in life and to really yeah enjoy every part of where we are
1: and how we how we get to travel the world and just go surfing so yeah yeah absolutely it was a pretty fun last year but good humans podcast is all about getting to know your story getting to know who how you've been shaped and why you're the man you are today so we're going to rewind back to the start so Let's start with back in the beginning, where'd you grow up? Let the listeners know what you where you grew up, what your family life was like when you were a kid, what your parents and your little brothers, when that came into the world. So yeah, let's go <laughs> yeah, to the beginning yeah, of the story wind it for back.
0: Condor. Yeah, um, I grew up in Cronulla, which is like, yeah, 30 minutes south of Sydney City, um, pretty quaint little surf town, um, but yeah, a lot of, I guess a lot of great surfers came out of Cronulla and. You got guys like Oki and um, Dog Marsh and Kingy and Gary Green and all that. So yeah, the surf surf culture in Cronulla was was really you know full on, and um, there was a lot of great surfers growing up when I was a kid. And um, yeah, mum mum used to surf professionally um, up until she was about, I think from like twenty five till thirty something. I think you know she just it was back then when the whole tour was. It was one tour. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like split into like championship qualifying and um, yeah, she was doing that and they had an event in Cronulla and um, yeah, that's where she met Dad and haven't left hasn't left since. So Yeah, wow. it's a um, full surfing family. Got a 15 year old brother that is um, you know he's he's enjoying surfing, which is cool and yeah, it's just it's cool to be able to say that you know my whole family surfs and and do it all together, which is sick.
1: Yeah I was gonna say that that was my next question how cool is it having uh, there's not many pro surfers I reckon that can say that there's a lot of surfers that can say their dad was a pro surfer mm. I don't know if there's any that can say their mum was a pro surfer that I can think of how cool is that having a mum that has been there and kind of done it to have to look up to maybe.
0: Yeah no it's sick like it's yeah it, it shaped me for you know the the person that I am today you know that, that she's super competitive and I'm kind of that little mix of, like, my dad's not that competitive and I am super competitive underground, but I don't really show it. Um, so, yeah, like, if I didn't have her in my life, there's no way I'd be doing what I'd be doing because just that competitive drive that I've got is is something that I got from her. And, um, yeah, it's just cool to be able to just, you know, whenever I'm home, we all go surfing together and, um, you know, we we take over a bank and <laughs> the O'Learys take over a bank and... Yeah, cause havoc, but yeah, it, it's cool to just, you know, when I was a kid, it was just more about, I was just tagging along to, on their surf trips, you know, they'd go up and down the coast on the weekends and, you know, go wherever the waves were and I'd just tag along and um, I guess that, you know, made, gave me and made me the, the passionate ocean lover that I am and, um, yeah, made me really enjoy surfing and and everything about it.
1: Yeah, it's so nice when you get to surf with the family and get to experience it it as kind of a whole little clan. What was high school like for you, leaving kind of that development age but then coming into high school, obviously being a young (laughs) pro surfer, I guess you'd call it, even when you're still competing when you're a kid, you kind of call it a pro surfer. What were those years like at school for you? How much did you enjoy school or was it kind of like, nah, I want to surf or what was those years like for you?
0: Nah, school was important for me. I think... I look back at it now and, you know, the, a lot of peers around me when we were competing and, and all that, you know, were going into homeschool and, and trying to focus their whole or start their career in professional surfing and, and my dad was pretty adamant to say that, you know, this is – you need to finish school. Like mm. I don't really care how good you go but as long as you go to school and you try hard, that will just shape the person who you are because, you know, it will make you – categorize you know and, and structure your life give you a lot of structure in life mm. um and trying to balance surfing and training and that around school was something that yeah the the whole structure thing is so important i think at that age and then it does you know it reflects to you back you know when you when you are older and and um yeah i think going to school and and finishing and doing doing year, going to year 12 and and all that was was great for me just because like i said before it You know, you got to prioritize your time and um, and try and surf in and around. You know, going to school uh, Monday to Friday. So yeah,
1: yeah, I like that. That's I had a very similar upbringing with my dad. It was always like, hey, you may as well finish school. You've done ten years of it. You may as well do the last two to actually Mm. finish and get that piece of paper and see something through. And as well, I feel like a lot of young athletes who leave, say, year ten, like at the end of year ten, like you can end up that two years doesn't really change that much anyway. No. Nah. And it's, you're pretty young, like about 15, 16, like what really are you going to go achieve before you kind of finish school anyway? So exactly. Yeah, think- It's just like that whole,
0: you know, at that age and when you have, when you, you know, you don't go to school at that age, you got way too much free time mm. and you're not going to spend all of that time in the water. Yeah. And then you're just going to get distracted and become lazy and like I said, you're just going to lose that, you know, i I'm gonna go surfing in the morning because, you know, it might be my only time to surf for the day because I got school and I got this and that and yeah. Prioritizing your time definitely yeah shaped me to who I am and give you a lot of determination and and structure in your life, which is I reckon is super point at that at that age.
1: Yeah, absolutely. With the end of school, what was your mindset leaving school? Was it like I'm gonna be a pro surfer or was because I looking back at our junior career you didn't maybe have as much success as you probably would have liked. And leaving school, was there like option B in your mind leaving school or was it kind of like, you know what, I'm going to give a surf in a couple years? years?
0: Um, like, yeah, like we said, you, you know, at that age I was not that good, you know, I wasn't the person who was meant to be a pro surfer and, you know, I was I was in the pack I guess but I was on the lower tier of, you know, you and me and uh, we had like, it was such a star started little crew we had you know you had like ryan carlin wade banting um yourself jake sylvester all those 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 guys who were so much better than me and and they were the ones that were getting all the results and yeah it was just a matter of i wanted to give it a a little go just because i yeah i was doing it i was starting to get into competing and all that at the back end of my schooling years and yeah it was just a matter of just giving it a go for a few years if it didn't work then yeah figure something else out but you know i wanted to be all in on it instead mm-hmm. of instead of going oh you know i've got i'm going to go do uni and do it you know I, I just wanted to be for two or three years be all in and then deal with whatever my life you know how how it set out after that and mm-hmm. um yeah i feel like you know i was just working at the surf school part time you know Blake Johnson down in granola gave me a job and he's been a big mentor for me for my whole life and yeah i just kind of the whole surf school thing in between um traveling and doing the qs and all that was something that yeah it was, it was, it was good like like i said back to school it was kind of like prioritizing my time and trying to get some money and also trying to you know get through some queues as well
1: yeah so, yeah, yeah. God, let's talk about like so you said you give it a few years like that- out of school we go kind of onto the junior series for a couple of years let's say you didn't have a successful junior career but then stepping onto the qualifying series had you find that fire and that hope to kind of like you because once you got to the QS it took you like maybe a year but then it kind of clicked for you and you kind of felt looked like you completely changed your surfing like you kind of grew up and you became the <laughs> massive, massive dude jar today um but yeah when was the moment that you kind of felt like it clicked for you? I think yeah, like you said, I think it was just it was puberty. Like I got I got taller, and
0: I don't reckon I grew until I was probably twenty, like maybe like early twenties. Mm. I feel that's when I started to like fill out and get taller, and um, yeah, I don't know. I just I was so focused on trying to get better that everything else around me kind of just fell into place. Like it, I wasn't like you know, I, I really want to qualify and I really want to do this. I was just like, I was more like, I knew I had a lot of areas to improve on in my surfing alone. And if I improve those areas, then everything else would kind of work out as well. And um, yeah, in that, I guess when I finished school, that was the whole period where I was really focused on trying to get better. And and then, you know, trying to implement training and and all that. And then, yeah, everything kind of, the whole back end of the junior series wasn't very good for me and that was when I was like, Okay, maybe I'll give it a year on the QSCO so I go feel it in and, and then yeah, kind of had up and down results, but enough to be like, okay, I'll give it another go. And um yeah, just kind of just trudging along until it all kind of clicked and was like, Oh wow, like I think I can mm. I think I've got this formula.
1: Yeah. Where'd <laughs> that mindset do you think come from? The idea of just trying to get better rather than trying to win because I feel like a lot of people have that expectation of like unless I'm succeeding I'm not getting better because I think it's a very mature mindset was there a mentor or someone who kind of drilled that into you
0: not really like I think I did a lot of stuff with Martin Dunn when I was when I was little and he was kind of the only real person that would constantly tell me you know you've got something Mm. just keep working at it and you'll you know, you'll get there. And from looking back at it now, like when he was saying it to me when I was a kid, I was like, oh, like that'd be good. But, I, you know, I can't guarantee I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And now like looking back at it, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's wild how you can kind of keep improving and all that. And I think it's just because I wasn't winning. Like mm. if you're not winning, you don't really kind of get ahead of yourself yeah and yeah because i wasn't winning i was losing a lot it, it was just more of okay you know why am i losing yeah and what do i need to improve on instead of like fuck i'm losing like i suck like and yeah you do definitely think a lot that you know you, you think those thoughts all the time when you lose but yeah i definitely didn't make i didn't let them overpower the fact that i just still need to keep improving and yeah it's Yeah, I still do it now. Yeah, (laughs) today
1: it's it's really cool to see your run of your career because that year that you qualified was really special. To Obviously, I've been traveling basically alongside you, Mm. maybe not together as travel partners, but alongside each other our whole career. What clicked that year that you qualified? You said you kind of found the formula. What do you think changed for you? Because I'm intrigued about that year because then I want to talk to you about your first year on tour as well. Uh, I think everything was so new to
0: me that year, like – I nearly qualified the year before, um, twenty fifteen. I was think I was three spots. I ended up being three spots off, and it was funny. Like I got home, and a bunch of my mates were like, "Oh, you don't want to be that guy that nearly qualifies and never qualifies again?" Because it's it's so, it's so common in this mm. in this sport that people nearly get there and then just never never find their feet. So yeah, it was just a matter of. I wasn't expecting to go nowhere near as close as to qualifying that year than I thought and um, it was, you know, it did suck that I didn't qualify but it really gave me a lot of confidence like, oh, shit, like I nearly qualified this year. Like, like this year is my year but it was just having a lot of, I was pretty goal orientated that year. Like I, I, my, I guess my stretch goal at the end of the year was to qualify but my like main focus was trying to just win an event mm-hmm. and yeah if i was winning events and yeah the qualifying thing would come but my main focus yeah i just really wanted to win event because it was so long i hadn't won, won anything in so long and yeah it gave me a lot of confidence a lot of extra determination to be like okay you know one i don't want to be that guy that never qualifies again <laughs> two if i nearly did it this year it's guaranteed i'm like I'm assuring to win. You know, I'm gonna try and focus all my attention on winning, and yeah, it kind of all slowly fell together.
1: <laughs> you won the QS that year, didn't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I won Bolito.
1: Yeah, that was like a big event. Like that was
0: a huge event for me. Like it just was.
1: Yeah, it was just kind
0: of like all that work that I and all the losses. You know, it was all worth that that moment, and mm. um, yeah. And then I ended up yeah winning the qualifying series, which is it.
1: That's was pretty cool. Yeah, it's um, it was pretty special watching that from like the outside. Like you said, that kind of junior career, you never really excelled. But I love seeing people when they kind of come into their own and then find their feet. Like you said, sometimes because I'm sure there'll be people listening who aren't quite at the top and get a bit of hope out of your story because I think it's important to realize that as long as you're always improving, then you're not a shoe in. But then you're giving yourself the best opportunity rather than just kind of getting down on yourself.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's a it's a marathon or a sprint. You know that when I was like yeah when I was a kid it was I was so far behind the pack that it was like you know having people tell me that i'm I'm you know surfing isn't a thing for me yeah you know to to give it up and i it's just a matter of just how much determination and motivation you have to just keep trudging along you know it's yeah. it's gonna time's gonna suck and you're not gonna win everything you're gonna lose a lot yeah it's just a matter of just as long as you've got that kind of inner motivation in yourself that you're like okay you know if i keep improving it's gonna click and there's a lot of stories like that nowadays you know you got like cal robson he's you know back he was the same pretty similar scenario as me you know back in the day he had no real mm-hmm. junior career and all of a sudden you know he's trudging along and getting better and all of a sudden it's just clicked for him and now he's you know yep. one of the best in the world and there, is, there is so many stories like that nowadays and as well yeah morgan as well mm-hmm. you know you got jacko like all those boys now that are first year on tour were well, all those guys. You know, there's no, there wasn't one of them kids that was like destined to be a yeah. pro surfer. It was like they all just kind of kept, you know, plotting along lobby, and lobby, like, yeah, plans. lobby yeah, all of them. Pretty lo- much all of them, really. Yeah, in this cool, generation. Bro. When you
1: think about it, it's really cool.
0: And I just think with surfing nowadays, with the amount of, I think back in our day, it was like there was a lot of money involved and therefore a lot of ego and, and all that. And, um, I wasn't really that part of that whole, you know, financial side. It was just more about, yeah, what these boys are doing now. Um, yeah, just plotting along and and eventually, you know, eventually it'll, it'll
1: click. Mm. Talking about clicking, first year on tour, not going to talk about the whole year. Let's just talk about Fiji. You got second at <laughs> Fiji, first year on tour. Yeah. Let's have a little recap of that event. How are you feeling going into it? What felt good, what felt bad? And then, yeah, talk about the um, outcome. Well, it felt good. It yeah, I so I hadn't been there before
0: um in my life. And I it was so close to Australia, I was like, you know, I'm the week before the event waiting period started. Well no, two weeks before. Um, I said just fuck it, I'm gonna go, go over there for a week and figure it out. And um it was completely different to what I imagined in my mind and um I think that trip alone for a few days gave me so much confidence going back there and um just a lot of prep like it's such easy preparation you know it was so close Australia's so close to Fiji it was a three-hour flight and um to be able to have the opportunity to go there you know a week before two weeks before with no one around and have your own space and kind of suss the line up line up like, like that and um figure out boards and and all that definitely you know, going back there gave me so much more confidence to kind of give it more of a crack. And, yeah, I mean, as a goofy footer, you can't really complain on a pretty perfect left point. You know, it's one of my favourite waves in the world, purely on the basis of, like, you can do the biggest turn of your life and get the biggest barrel of your life on one wave. And, yeah, yeah, it's just such a beautiful wave and it kind of all just, it all, everything just happened and I think the whole first year on tour for me, it was just like everything was so new and so exciting because I was like, oh, I'm on tour, like, you know, I'm having a beer with Fanning and, you know, just like sitting in, sitting on Nomoto, it's such a little island and I've got Parker and Mick and Owen and everyone's in this little, like, on this island. I'm like, holy fuck, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never pictured it in my life and um, just really embracing on the whole experience I think made me get the result that I got. And I just wanted to, I surfed heaps just because fuck, the waves are so good all the time. You know, they went for like, they'd gone hold for a week straight, but it'd still be, you know, three, four foot and, and perfect. And yeah. I think I just, I surfed a lot out there to become comfortable and to know the lineup inside out. And um, yeah, I think, yeah, that, that kind of helped along with just really enjoying every day there, like, yeah. You know, whether it was the comp was on and off. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about the final. Who would you have in the final? Wilco. Wilco. Oh, Wilco got you. Yeah, Wilco. How cool was that? Your first year on tour making a final. Like, that's got to feel pretty special.
0: Yeah, it was super surreal. Like it.
1: I had Kelly in round th- round three,
0: and it was pretty. It was a pretty scrappy heat, but I got through that, and it was kind of like. Beat Kelly Slater at Cloud Break. Beat Kelly Slater at Cloud Break. It wasn't pretty, but I still beat him, kind Mm. of thing. And um, that round three is is it's such a it's such a shit round because you just never want to get stuck in 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 losing in that round um, so often. And yeah, I got through that round. I was like, wow, like every heat now is a bonus, Mm. really. Like it's just an extra heat out Fiji, and um, yeah, just kept kind of wasn't really thinking too much and just enjoying knowing exactly what wave I needed to catch and just giving myself enough opportunity in the heat to surf. And yeah, that was pretty much it blinked and was in the final and was like, oh my God, I'm in the final.
1: That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it was so special watching that. Obviously growing up alongside you, like watching your mates do well is so special. Mm. Something that's happened to a lot of surfers when it comes to the world tour is kind of falling back off the tour and back on. You've done that a few times. How's that mental side of it when you fall off the tour I'd be like oh I'm not good enough to restay my spot on tour but then I have to get back on the other tour because I know we spoke a bit about it last year Mm. how have you been able to regather your thoughts because I know we're speaking about it when we're on our trip last year which we'll get on to a bit later but you're saying it's like there's been moments where you've wanted to like give it up just because it's so that roller coaster is crazy oh
0: yeah it's I mean I'm only human like you 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 do really bad and you know you think you, you do bad and you think bad. It's Mm. just, that's just what it is. And um, I think when I fell off in 2018, instead of saying, you know, like, yeah, you just, you you just got to give yourself time to, to say all those things Mm. because they're meaningless and you just got to accept that they're meaningless. They're just going to go through your mind and you kind of just got to like nearly like laugh, laugh at it and just be like, like. You're not shit. Like, why would you be here if you're shit? Kind of. Thing. Mm. Yeah, you fell off, but you still were on the tour. Kind of thing. Yeah. You're not. And then, uh, and then it was a matter of you know gather, gathering it back and and just going, okay, what reflecting on you know what you did wrong and what you can do to change it. And um, in 2018, it was a lot to do with because 2000 the first year I was on tour went so well. I was just like, oh, I'll just pick that up and just do it in 2008 it mm. should be fine and and then had a lot of a lot more attention on me and and all that from like I was with Channel Islands and I went from you know just being this underground kid who was just getting a few boards from Channel Islands within Australia to you know uh, being on a global team and getting a lot more attention from America and I just Because it was, everything was, all the attention was so new that I was, I was just kind of getting dragged, you know, here, there and everywhere. And I wasn't really like, I just wasn't, yeah, I wasn't saying no enough.
1: Mm, You weren't focused on. I wasn't
0: focused on, yeah, I was just kind of like, oh, this is cool. I'm getting attention from, from everyone. And, and then, yeah, that led to like, you know, just boards being a bit different and, and not being what they were and not being, how not, yeah, they just weren't how they should have been. And. And yeah, falling off at the end of twenty eighteen made me go, Okay, you know, I needed to go back to to where I was in the sense of like boards and, and all that. So I pretty much went straight home after Hawaii and went and seen Penny, Maddie Penn from, from Channel Islands and was like, look, just based on like his shaping here and the Americas guy American guys shaping over there, it was there was just no communication and mm. I just wanted to go see Penny and be like, "Look, this is what happened, and yeah, you know, let's let's change it and let's get this communication back because it wasn't there mm. um, that year." And yeah, he the board the first board he shaped me was the one I won first the first two events on, which is yeah, it was crazy. Like he just I just got so lost in the in the attention part that I lost I lost communication with mm. the people that are the most important and. Yeah yeah it was just falling off made me kind of reflect on it and yeah have to have to
1: deal with the consequences (laughs) yeah seriously let's talk about last year then so you've gone through falling off getting back on tour having another crack at it you fell back off to it obviously last year was a bit of a shit show the way the tour ran and (laughs) it was a bit all up in the air how hard is it to not let that consume you when you fall off tour not blame the reason the being like oh it was a season it was this because at the end of the day a bunch of people did re-qualify there was opportunities how was it in the middle of last year because I know when I got over there and started doing the challenger the good times tour we like to call it (laughs) (laughs) with you guys and Wade didn't want to do it either what changed for you guys to both go like you know what like fuck let's let's give it another crack because I remember speaking to you last year and you're like I almost wasn't going to do it
0: yeah, I think last year was the hardest year that I've ever had in my career. I think purely because I came into I requalified and then came into the start of last year. I think like everyone was like he's he's gonna do well this year. And like he was it was all that it was a little bit of like he should do well this mm. year instead of and there was that little bit of pressure and um I had a few changes with boards. I left CI and was um, riding DHs, kind of just like an, in a bit of limbo. And um, yeah, I think that that whole thing really affected me more than what you know what it actually was. Mm. Um, I guess it was just it was a big thing for me changing to you know leaving CI just because I was with them since I was fifteen and um you know they've helped me out so much in my career and got me to where I am today and um yeah I think that that took a mental toll like a really big mental toll on me than what I thought it was going to take and um yeah I, I just didn't take enough time to kind of really see the situation and and kind of reflect on what had happened because mm-hmm. the tour was starting and you know I had more big better things to focus on and um yeah I think that just started the whole role of me just overthinking too much on everything and um thinking that I needed to do so much more than what I needed to do and um and then yeah the, and then the spiral of not doing events just made me feel like i you know just wasn't cut out for the tour and um I wasn't You know my surfing wasn't enough mm. um yeah so it it was kind of a weird year for me, you know going to especially going to max and you know, I lost first heat there and I was like, you know, okay, maybe I can just kind of go to Tahiti. And then when we're in Mex, after I lost, they are like, oh, Tahiti's cancelled, this is the last event. It was kind of like, oh, you know, sitting in my hotel room by myself, just like, fuck. Like, I think, I think I'm done kind of thing. Like, it would, yeah, it, would, uh, it was the first time I think I've ever said that to myself was in Mex when I was like, yep, I think this is it mm. kind of thing. And I was nearly not even going to do the challenges um, my wife, Steph, was like, What are you going to fucking do back here? Like, what are you going to go, come back home and just sit on your ass for four months? Like, because I was like, Oh, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm just going to re- regroup, start the regionals next year. And, and she was kind of like, No, nah, you're fucking tripping. Yeah. Just go fucking do it. It's, you know, only five events. They're at good locations. You may as well give it a go and just – you just got to figure your shit out. Mm. And yeah, and, and it really kind of grounded me and made me think, okay, like back to when I did fall off, I was like, all right, what's been going on that I haven't really brought up on myself because I've trying to been focus on – I've been focusing on trying to qualify and make heats and all that. And yeah, it was just a matter of, you know, trying a few different boards as well and just kind of just bringing back the love of surfing again because I feel like last year I definitely lost it and I was way too hard on myself and and yeah that yeah that was kind of it
1: yeah and then I feel like that once we got on that tour it's almost like you had that mindset that you had in those formative years of your career where you just felt like you're trying to get better like we'll surf a bunch and we'll you like you're working on boards you're working with um dog marsh for a few of the events and like you could see that excitement of just like getting down there and trying to improve and like work stuff out and turn it into a bit of a game like is that kind of how it felt for you
0: For sure yeah definitely I think the first thing that the first thing I thought of when I was going into the Challenger series was like okay I need a what's you know what's going to be good for me and what I thought was good for me was to try and employ someone who you know, was a coach figure for me and um, because on the tour that last year I was pretty naive on like, oh, I don't need a tour, you know, it's only these these spots, you know, it's Meriwether and Narrabeen and yeah, don't I don't need, a, need coach. a coach like and I was thinking like more financially too, I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to pay for a coach and mm. this and that. So that overtook my whole mindset instead of going like, you know, this is an investment in myself, like mm. fuck, like I'm not, like I'd rather pay that money and have more years on tour instead of saving that money for, for like no reason like yeah. to fall off and um yeah I hit dog up after the US Open and yeah we did the Europe leg together and yeah it was just cool to kind of have someone there to bounce off and and yeah just kind of just bring back simple surfing and and figuring out that simple surfing for me is enough yeah um and yeah, it's it kind of brought back my my froth of surfing and you know hanging out with with you and and Wado and and all that as well kind of brought that whole vibe back mm-hmm. alive again because the tour is super lonely like it can be a very it's it yeah like uh, co- compared to the QS it's I guess with the QS it's kind of like you're forced you're not forced but it just financially it's just way easier if you're traveling with a bunch of people mm. that are competing but when you're on tour it's kind of like there's a bit more money involved so everyone's kind of spending that bit extra to kind of have their own little space and then you're kind of left going oh well fuck who am I going to travel with now and mm. and then you end up kind of going to, you're either solo or you're paying for someone to travel with you or something like that so yeah I think the QS you just need a what I needed was just to bring that QS vibe mm. into the CT and it's yeah.
1: interesting you say that the idea that the tour being lonely but you make more money to spend for accommodation to make yourself lonely. It's like yeah, it's when you're like just saying it out loud, just then, just maybe be like, wait a second.
0: Yeah, I, so I think, think a lot of
1: people don't
0: realize how lonely the tour can be. Like, yeah, you're you, you pretty much like because everyone's got their own entourage. or mm. well, the QS, no one's got an entourage. No yeah. one's got a coach. Like you got to, you can pay pay for a coach in on the QS, but you're not traveling with them and, and all that. They're yeah. just they're just there, and that's what dog was with with us. Um, he was just there and we were kind of staying with us and when we'd have to work, we'd go, I'd go and see him and um, yeah, the CT is just like everyone's got their own entourage and if you're not in that entourage, then you're pretty much just hard Solo and mm. you've got to make your own entourage yeah. to kind of make that, have that same feeling. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one.
1: Yeah, it is interesting just like talking about it like that. Let's talk about that France event. What was special about that France event? You obviously took it out. That was the yeah. Ring of Fire. We'll talk about it at the end because I'm <laughs> going to put a little excerpt in the little asset we oh, made because it's incredible. Anyone no, it listening, sick. make sure you go over the asset. I'll post for this um, podcast and Good Humans podcast. will have the Ring of Fire because yeah. pretty special. But yeah, how was that event for you?
0: Yeah, it was sick. I think you know that that event was pretty bittersweet in the sense of it was just me just not thinking and. And doing simple surfing, but trying to give myself enough opportunity in heats to mm. to make them, and just not not overthinking one bit, and um, just enjoying myself. I think how yeah, much fun we <laughs> have? Yeah, like I wasn't even thinking about. You know, I feel like for me, it's like whenever I do well, I'm not thinking, mm. and whenever I do shit, I'm just overthinking from the start. Like, and it's just like I was lucky that I ordered a few Mayhems in America and cause I was just like, I needed, I'm going to try it while I'm in this limbo of not having a major surfboard brand sponsor. I was like, I'll try and get some sharp eyes and he brushed me and I was like, Oh, well, I'll get some Mayhems. And then Matt was, was kind enough to be like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll shape you two boards. And I pretty much Maddie. just only rode those two boards throughout the whole Europe leg. And, um, yeah, they were just, they just didn't make me think. And mm. if you've got good equipment under your feet, you you're not thinking and you, you want to catch waves and you're like, this is exciting because you don't, you know, like what's the board going to do yeah. for me on the next wave? And um, that that gave me that extra bit of spark to, yeah, to keep making heats and, yeah, kind of got to the end and was like, oh, my God, this is fucking yeah, wild. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Left bar Left like that yeah. trip was just crazy from like playing footy on the beach before to going to Bayon to that pig festival with yeah. Dog and like we just had the best time and then for you to win the comp like Mm. how was it to be in the middle of that ring of fire at the end like with all the crew and everyone there supporting each other
0: yeah it was crazy i think like for us we had such good morale like in the sense of we just we all wanted to have fun Mm. um and when you're on the qs you you definitely lose that that fun aspect of surfing because you you know your whole perspective on a place is is based on whether you win or lose Mm. um so we were just like you know Regardless of where we were, we were leaving the place. Going, that was so fun, and yeah. we we really reaped the the benefits of the town, and we really enjoyed ourselves. Mm. And yeah, the ring of fire at the end was was something that I'll never forget. You know, it still gives me goosebumps now just just thinking about it. And um, yeah, just a bunch of your good mates yelling and screaming, and even just to have everyone on the beach, you know, cheering you on. And um, you know, we started it. At, with jacko in portugal mm. and it was kind of like a weird last minute like me and you we looked at each yeah, other like well, he got second and he was a bit bummed but we're like let's do a ring of fire and he, then we all got fired up and it fired him up and yeah it's just that whole that camaraderie that we had during the challenge series was something that we should yeah. do everywhere and um and yeah, yeah the ring of fire is something that is very special and um to be able to share you know with your close mates um on the beach after you won. It's crazy. After a big day of surfing, it was uh yeah, it was it was a memorable one for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was so much fun. And then I was like I, Jacko's episode would have come out the week before we're recording this. He's coming out in a couple of days, but we spoke about the Ring of Fire for him, so everyone can go check out his Ring of Fire. We yeah. posted about that already. And then your one. So it's like he was saying maybe bells if an Aussie makes Final or winsorcom might 100%. be bringing a ring of fire. It could be pretty cool to start bringing that onto the world tour. Hundred
0: percent. We're just gonna
1: we're waiting just, for someone. Someone's to just win. got to pull their finger
0: out <laughs> and try to make past the quarter. Oh, sure, uh, sure. But yeah, no, we've definitely been talking about it. Uh, it's it's definitely coming. It's just a matter of someone getting there. Bells and Margies. Right Bells and Margies. How are you kind of for Bells and Margies? Yeah, good. I think Bells is kind of one of them places where I used to have a different perspective on it to what I do now and I've spent a bit of time down there after those two years that I had on tour um, to try and figure the place out because it's so different to mm. to every wave on the East Coast here. Like, you know, you're looking at waves so much differently and that's what something that I think hindered me the first two years on tour going down there and just trying to surf the wave like I'll surf a point break up here, you know, just you kind of think, you know, Bells Beach, it's a point break. Mm it's the same as not so it's the same as you know a a point back up here but it's so different and uh yeah it's just a matter of it's like really dumbing down your surfing and and keeping everything in the water and um yeah if you're keeping everything in the water and you're throwing a bit of spray and you know the right waves Mm -hmm. because there's there's a certain type of wave that um is good and the rest are not that good Mm -hmm. so yeah the fact that i figured that out and um we actually went down last week, myself, Owen, Cal and, and Morgs, and spent a week down there with Robbo and, and Kale, which was really cool. It was it was kind of that, that first bit of like Aussie morale, you know, camaraderie little group that we uh, that we got and we all had a hell time and uh we all kind of pushed each other but also learnt a lot from each other, which is which was sick and something that yeah, we're gonna try and, and keep keep up with um throughout every C T and I think um yeah, just that whole – I think we got so much out of the Challenger Series last year that we're just trying to kind of mm. create that group environment on the CT. You know, we had been kind of trying to have dinners and, and all that before the events and, and yeah, we're all – I mean, it's cool, it's cool to know that everyone's on the same page and we're all there for each other and nice. everyone's there for – yeah,
1: everyone's yeah, there. Love it's, that. It's good. Yeah. Love that. I'm going to ask you two more questions because I'm conscious of time. No, nah, don't Wait, how much time to- we got. Nah, I'll wait, I'll, we'll give no. it another ten, fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. talk me through that heated pipe i want to talk to you about that one heated pipeline <laughs> that's got to be like give me the play-by-play yeah. play. morning of the event, waves of the event. pipeline finally get like get back on tour yeah got a new sponsor it was game on crazy
0: like it it's the best waves i've ever seen in my life i think like it well, apart from that Moot session, I reckon, that we oh, had a couple of years Jacob ago. Baker about that too. I was <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think there'll ever yeah, be a
1: session as good yeah, as
0: that. I don't think, yeah, uh, maybe that, nah, that still beats it. But uh, there was some unbelievable yeah. looking waves. Like we rocked up in the morning and I was with Cal and we're like, oh, it's, I think it's pretty big. And, you know, you know, in, when you're in Hawaii and you can just hear it and you're like, oh my God, it's going to be so big. And turned up in the morning, I was a bit wonky and wobbly, but huge, like pretty big, so, good size. And. Yeah, the I think the morning surfs at pipe are always hectic. Yeah. You got guys trying to warm up. You got guys trying to get clips for some reason before the event starts. And um, yeah, like the, the sun hadn't gone over the mountains yet, so it was a bit wonky. You know, the ocean gets a bit wonky in Hawaii. And um, yeah, I actually ended up jagging a really good wave before the event started. and was like, oh, it's going to be a good day. <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, as, as soon as the sun came out of the mountains, it got all clean and... Um yeah that heat was just it was pretty wild like it it was it was big but i think because it was so perfect it like it, it being big and scary was the last thing i was thinking about mm. um yeah i got that first wave and just based off that first wave i was just like this is the sickest thing ever you know just to have to have pipe with three people that yeah you know, and, and it was like perfect pipe you can't even picture it any other mm. way, as good as it gets. um Yeah, it was, it was a heat that I'll never forget. And yeah, I was glad to kind of jag, jag two
1: okay waves. Yeah, <laughs> you got some sick, like That second one was just like. <laughs> yeah. So I was just watching it go. Yes, pal, <laughs> it's so like the second so one
0: was funny. Like it, everyone was like, "You nearly died," but for me, it was so weird. Like I. I felt like I had so much time when I, like, took the drop and then I bottom turned because it threw so wide. I was like, I'm getting under this sweep. But then from land, it looked like I nearly got my head taken off. <laughs> nah, <No. laughs> But, yeah, it was it was crazy. Like, I, I remember it so clearly. Like, I pulled up, ducked my head in and just stood there and it did that, like, breathe in before it yeah. breathed out. And it was, I was just standing there and Strider was just like – I could just see Strider in the channel with his hands up in the air. And, yeah, it was – it was easily yeah a heat that I'll never forget, and um, I got a shot that I'll hopefully you know put on the put on the uh, the wall at home, and um, yeah, when I'm like fifty and old, and like you know yeah, an, an, alcoholic, room, no. an alcoholic, an alcoholic, like, yeah, that day, oh, that, <laughs> that day, <laughs> see that day, kids. Yeah, uh, all right. No.
1: So speaking of post surfing, what's your thoughts on? Obviously, you've still got plenty of years left in your surf career. Where could you see yourself going after your surf career?
0: Where could I see myself going?
1: Um, Interesting question.
0: I, I, I really, I'm really interested in the coaching aspect of, of surfing. I think that, for me, it's like you, you, gain all this experience and knowledge, and you, you know, you learn from so many experienced people in your life that it'd be such a shame to kind of just pick it up and and do something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I. I feel like, based on my career, I'd love to help you know kids that aren't you know those kids that just aren't destined to be pro surfers and try and mold them into to something but yeah i just want i'd I'd love to just help help kids out and do that whole coaching aspect. I'm not really sure what else, but yeah, I think that's the first thing that kind of interests me is helping kids get better at at surfing and um, yeah, I guess I'll. I'll deal with the rest when it when it gets closer. But yeah,
1: love that. What yeah. about wife life? Kids come one day soon for Condor. <laughs> oh, bit yeah. of time so, left, you? <laughs> I've got
0: a dog, so yeah, that that'll give me about <laughs> maybe two years. <laughs> no, nah, we'll see that. Yeah, I think the the family life is um, it's definitely creeping up on me, which is a bit scary. It's it's like it's almost, exciting though, too, but right? it is yeah, it's really exciting. Like you kind of like at that time where I'm like, okay, you know, if it did happen, it's it's a blessing and mm-hmm. um. Yeah, just to kind of be super present and and just enjoy, yeah, enjoy whatever gets thrown at me. Really, is Mm. is something that I feel like is yeah something that everyone should should do, good or bad. Yeah, Um, I think
1: I just think like watching, listening back, and thinking back through this whole conversation. It seems like you've gone through like a flow of like being real mindset as you're a junior about like improvement and being really present mm -hmm. with that, and then you kind of got there, and it kind of like by getting there it kind of frazzled you a bit and I think some people get that whereas it seems like now you're back in this really present place and ready for like whatever happens. Like good or bad, you kind of can accept it now.
0: I think, you, yeah, yeah. and you've you've really got to like the only reason I am who I am today is because I've had all those ups and downs, you know. I went from the highest highs to the lowest lows and it sounds super cliche but, yeah, like getting on, falling off getting back on falling off like it's it's seriously like my life's like a roller coaster and um yeah like I w- it wouldn't it would I wouldn't be the person who I am today if if that didn't happen and yeah it, life isn't easy like it's it's hard and the the person who's going to come away with it the best is the person who adapts and 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 reflects i feel like a reflection is a huge one for me and if you if you're not reflecting you don't know what you did good or bad Mm. um and you don't know how you're gonna make them better or or how yeah you're just not going to improve on on anything so it's just a matter of a lot of reflection and um and yeah like you said just being present Mm. enjoying every every day good or bad like the bad days at least with the bad days you're gonna accept that they're bad and and experience it and you got to experience all the bad days and that's and normal to have a lot of bad days mm. like i think that's what a lot of people on the outside looking in with professional surfing it's like you know their life's great and you know they're, they're doing mm. this there's traveling the world and there's like a There's a lot of, there's a lot of days like you, you know, there's so many days that are shit. Like it, Mm. it's, it's a tough sport and um,
1: traveling around the world, losing first heat, it's tough. And that's why I started this podcast. Anyone who's listened from the very beginning, which is when we were going to do a podcast, you're you're on my list for my first like 10 episodes. Now you're going to be like in the forties. It's pretty cool. Like (laughs) where I've come, but yeah, I think that's what this podcast has always been about, trying to show behind the scenes, not only in surfing but it just in anyone who mm. has that like what we call success in sort of speech bubbles that there's usually more ups and downs than your average person anyway and it's just 100%. the way that people can persevere, adapt and overcome those tough times.
0: Yeah, it's just a, a yeah, like I said, it's just adapting to to everything that gets thrown at you like you, if you're not adapting to it then that's the thing that's going to cruel you and mm. um, that's when, tu- lo- you know, it's going to get really, really tough for you. And I think for us, you know, we're so good at adapting to to what gets thrown at us and, um, yeah, it's just a matter of, yeah, just... <laughs> Keeping on. <laughs> keep it on, yeah. You just keep pushing forward no matter how how bad things get or how good things get. You just yeah.
1: accept them and, and move forward. You, you can't, you know, you don't want to move backwards, so, yeah. Yeah. Love that. All right, last question I always finish Good Humans podcast with. What does being a good human mean to Conor O'Leary? Because you're a hell of a good human. Ask anyone on the tour and Conor's one of the nicest guys ever. So what does being a good human mean to you? What does being a good human mean to me?
0: Um, Being vulnerable, a lot of humility, but also trying to enjoy every moment that you possibly can well I guess it's been present huh yeah like I feel like you know a lot of humility like I, I bank my life on on being humble and yeah. and you know having my two feet on the ground all the time and having a lot of time for everyone no matter who it is you know it's and no matter where my fame goes I'll still be that person who mm. who has their two feet on the ground and um yeah. A lot of vulnerability is a good one for me as well as, um, you know, I'm still learning it now. It's, it's tough, but, um, it shapes you to being a really good human if you're vulnerable. And, um, and then, yeah, just being happy. That's yeah. a, being I like, po- it. like being positive, like it's, it's a hard thing to be positive. Like a lot of people struggle to, to be positive, but you've got it.
1: Yeah.
0: No, you're Otherwise posi- Life isn't fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we've had some crazy fun times together. It's, um, been a hell of a journey it's epic watching your journey now i'm sure you feel the same with what i'm doing but yeah man it's been epic to catch up for a chat if anyone wants to check out your socials i will leave all your yeah, social media links me in there in the show notes but mate it's been great to have a chat i'm sure so many people have been inspired by your story anyone out there that doesn't know connor he is probably one of the nicest people you'll <laughs> ever meet in your life so it's great to finally have him on good humans but yeah that's yeah, good thanks for coming on good Humans. Nah, Podcast. thanks Hoop. what you're doing
0: is uh is amazing and yeah, I think it's such a good good thing, you know, this whole good, good human thing. It's it's epic and keep pushing forward and, yeah, watch out. Good we'll human. you on the good human ambassador team. Good humans. We're all good humans. We'll like all good and- humans.
1: <laughs> 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 Absolutely. All right, thanks for tuning in, everyone. See you soon. This has been a Wellbeing Network podcast. <laughs>